Welcome, everyone, to the AI in Business podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge. Today's guest is Giro Gunkel, Chief Operating Officer and Data Science Leader for Zurich Insurance. As a longtime veteran guest of the podcast and one we're all grateful for here at Emerge, Giro joins us today to talk about the increasing impact of large language models on the insurance space. As he explains throughout today's episode, because these models have grown so much over the last few years, they're now capable of tackling a growing number of complex problems for more advanced industries. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Thank you so much, Giro, for being back on the program. Thanks for having me again. So what is the business problem in the insurance space that large language models are trying to solve? That's a very good question. And I think we have multiple business problems that can be solved with large language models. And the overarching theme around it is that most of our data are unstructured data. And when we say unstructured data, we mean text data. So essentially, to automate processes, for instance, or to get insights at scale across our customers and risks. Mm -hmm. All of this is in text data. So having models that can read and understand this text better than any model before has obviously huge implications for the work we can do. And what are some of those those implications? It seems like it seems like the insurance space is just coming to this technology, or is there a larger history here? There's actually, I think, quite some history to get there. The insurance industry, many players have tried to apply different NLP solutions to insurance processes, let's say claims or underwriting, mm -hmm. to achieve automation, to achieve insights since a long while. But I think it's an overall fair assessment that until 2017, 2018, the outputs were mostly disappointing. Mm -hmm. And if you had a success, it was difficult to scale. And I think with the advent of large language models, such as Google Bird and, and others, there was mm -hmm. for the first time actually a model that gave you the opportunity to reliably have an impact on these processes around automation, around insights that you couldn't get with the models and tools that were available before. Of course, of course. And... Obviously, the large language model GPT-3, which is at the heart of ChatGPT, which our, which our audience might be just slightly aware of if they haven't heard of it already from their, their kids or, or something in school. But especially now that large language models have really developed in the last few years and that they've you know really come to public consciousness, is it more than just the the text factor or that insurance firms you know are these you know text heavy institutions that makes large language models so instrumental in in solving business problems in the insurance space i think there are two components to this the mm -hmm. one thing is that makes them so instrumental is that the size of these models has been growing massively and essentially mm -hmm. size and performance have correlated positively or do correlate positively. Mm -hmm. So as a consequence, we can not just address niche use cases with it, but we can address more and more use cases across different functions with it. So it's really deserving now the name of a general purpose technology. So I think that's mm -hmm. one component. And I believe the other component that's driving adoption now is that the 
ease of using it is going up a lot. So when mm -hmm. we had the first large language models published around 1819, you essentially needed to have a few really hardcore data scientists, engineers that could take this code from GitHub, productionize it, bring it into a process. So you had a benefit, but you also had quite a bit of effort. And I think ChatGPT and in fairness, lots of other tools that are out there give you the ability to just query an API and you get a response back. And essentially pushing a question someone getting automatic a response that's like a few lines of code. So the, mm -hmm. the adoption cost, the adoption time is going down. And that's, as we've seen across many different technologies before, a key driver so everyone can use it. And just to differentiate for, you know, the non-technical side of our audience that might not be able to differentiate, ChatGPT is is the chatbot that uses the GPT-3, which is the large language model. You were articulating in your last answer how insurance firms acquire large language models and how they build that into the, their systems. You were talking about engineers. I'm wondering if we can clarify a little bit more of the process. How does an insurance firm, like if they're not using language models yet, how do they get started? I think there are multiple avenues, and I think it depends a bit on your use case and, and your setup. But I think what has worked overall quite well is that you have a few top, really top-notch experts in machine learning, and that they develop these models based straight from open source code. Because the beauty of many of these large language models is that you don't actually need to pay for it. The code isn't hidden. It's all on the internet. You can download it. Right. And you as a leader, your key role is to get two things together. A, the talent, the people who can actually configure this and make this production ready. And B, to find the right use case with the right data where such a large language model can shine. What are some of the use cases that are the most promising right now in terms of LLMs in the, in the insurance space? I think a few functional areas I gave already, such as claims and yep. underwriting. Mm -hmm. But I think as a general, a general few features to look out for is A, the process should be quite complex. So essentially, if you want to do something very simple, let's say a bit of a triage task between cases, for this, you don't need a large language model. There are simpler models that you can easier deploy that can do the same job. But if the job is to, say, read a 40-page policy or read a 40 page claims document this is even for a human quite a challenging task and for this large language models are a perfect technology fit very interesting now just very quickly on you know differentiating by the task where large language models would be necessary and you you were just describing you know if it's a 30 page paper even something time consuming for a human being you know, then you would want to use a large language model. Is, is there a is there a definitive like threshold, or is it just that it would be time consuming for human beings? And what are what are some of the the next tier options underneath large language models for for lesser tasks? That's a very good question. I mean, look, how long a human needs thirty or forty pages? All of these are proxies. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you really need to deep dive into the process, understand what the human really needs to get from this document, mm -hmm. and to then determine from there what kind of technology approach would be the best, and if even the technology can solve it. My general guidance would be if you want to extract lots of information from documents, like let's say a name, an address, a location, mm -hmm. 
for extraction tasks, large language models shine a lot. And, and I think they're the preferred tool of choice. But again, if you just want to differentiate different kind of documents, so is this a claims document or an underwriting mm -hmm. document, for this, you could use a random forest or much simpler algorithms that are also then much simpler to configure and deploy. Of course, of course. And even outside of outside of document processing, it isn't the language model is just one piece of the puzzle in accomplishing that if if, if instrumental. You also need kind of a, a larger a larger system there. There's there's you know machine learning involved. In terms of large language models, let's let's stick to document processing. If an insurance firm wants to, you know, pioneer a AI adoption project in say like document processing and they're able to get an LLM, what are the other pieces of the puzzle that that they need to get started and and make that project viable? So beyond the model, there are actually quite a few pieces that need to come together to make this a success. And I think that's why you also see so many AI projects out there that fail or that lead to poor yeah. returns because there are so many influencing factors. To name a few, and there are quite quite a few that come to my mind, one is obviously the business process that you need to integrate it into. So is this actually something that you can get the LLL in and to work within the business process to deliver value? Or is this a very complicated process or even a process you can't even control really? And that's obviously a huge red flag if you can't adopt the process or adjust the process to fit together with the LLM. So the process readiness. I think then there's also something around the people and the change. So the people who interact with this model, are they willing to embrace this change? Are they keen to interact with this model? Do they have the right skills, the right trainings to work with the output from an AI model that is often right, but not always right? So how do you work with these exceptions? And lastly, the underlying data are also important because ultimately it doesn't really matter if you use a state-of-the-art large language model mm -hmm. or a really, really simple model. If the data are not sufficient or if the data change from months to months a lot, then you will have a very hard time to use any kind of learning algorithm in such a process. Very, very interesting. Now, in terms of the document processing, it's also, and I just just really want to put a finer point on on this, even if it's been obvious so far to our insurance listeners, we need the large language models to process the information that customers are putting into these documents, especially in the in, in the claims and underwriting process. Correct me if I'm wrong. Something kind of emerging in insurance that's actually a huge part of banking is this kind of like know your customer aspect of especially now coming to fruition as as we see more technology in the claims and underwriting process where do we see llms making a difference in terms of being able to provide deeper insights into you know the answers given or you know the information that customers are putting into these documents i think there we're looking very much into a customer insights and customer understanding use case and i think there LLMs shine a lot to find common patterns about your customer in terms of their desires, their preferences, that you would have a hard time to 
just get out of traditional, let's say, demographic or policy data. So let's say right. your customers express a desire for a new product or say, hey, that's really good, but we would really like to get this service. You could have hundreds of customers saying this, but until you see this pattern, you would actually need humans to read it and to piece this together. And I think there, large language models can accelerate this process massively by searching fundamentally through your customer logs and showing you a pattern of, of a customer preference, of a customer segment that you wouldn't see without actually going through it line by line by yourself, unlocking a trend, a pattern in the unstructured data that you can't see if you don't have a way to pass all of these data at all once. Right. And yeah, it's very illuminating. And I think I think the potentials here to identify, you know, deeper business opportunities in the insurance space with large language models is, is tremendous. Giro, we'll have you back on the program very shortly talking about thinking about beyond algorithms in the insurance space. But for right now, thank you so much for being with us on the program this week. This was great fun. Thanks for having me. Really interesting insight from Giro at the end of our conversation right there. Just about the deeper insights into customer intentions and preferences that are only capable in these large language models and, and how they're opening more opportunities for the insurance space. Also how insurance has had the ability to do this manually, and there's a larger history to that process that Giro touches on, but Obviously, this is the dawn of a new era with LLMs across the global economy, and insurance, of course, can hardly be an exception. We thank Giro again for being on the program. Stay tuned to future episodes of the AI in Business podcast, where we'll be hosting Giro discussing what AI adoption projects need to succeed in the insurance space that have nothing to do with code or algorithm. In other words, building a worthy algorithmic model is just the beginning. Your AI initiative can still flounder if you fail to consider user design and the proper process initiatives, just to name a few areas we'll be covering in that episode. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI in Business podcast. <laughs>